from the first song of Isaiah. The Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my Savior. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. In an article entitled, What Do You Say to the Sufferer? New York Times opinion piece David Brooks reflects on a question he was asked. What do you do when you've spent your entire life wanting to be dead? It's a question that reveals the pain and the struggle of the questioner and one that takes many forms. What happens when one loses a sense of joy in life? What do you do when all seems lost and everything is collapsing in front of you? Recently, a friend revealed the toll that Instagram was having on his beautiful high school sophomore. Influencers and other people truly have an impact on shaping our own image of ourselves. So much so that the perniciousness and maliciousness to which people were shaming his child prompted her to ask, Daddy, what do you do when you really don't like yourself? What does it mean to want more from this life? What is the ultimate meaning that life gives us? Can we, in the words of David Brooks, allow the slow of despond to give way to in the enchanted ground as pilgrims in a deep progression towards the celestial city of faith? These are serious questions that pop up for all of us. Our faith responds to this question, partially by taking the words of the collect for today. One response is to keep stirring, and one definition to stir or stirring is as an initial sign of activity, of movement, or emotion. Our collect for today calls upon God to stir up God's power. And faith is stirred, relying on the power of God who comes among us. Through the stirring, the work of grace and mercy work to need within us. So much so that that bread is baked. And the bread of such kneading is what God has worked upon in the sacrament of the Eucharist when we feed on the bread of life. When we as individual, individuals cautiously stir, we become mindful of the ingredients that come into the bowl of our life. The, there are times when the values of the world recognition and the number of likes on our social media account, 
accolades from the powers of the world, allowing our self-worth to be determined by the style of wallet, handbag, or watch that we wear, rating ourselves by the negative or the positive in our financial accounts, try to make its way into, as ingredients into the bowls of our life. This is what Zephaniah was addressing to the people of Judah in his prophetic book. Much of Zephaniah's prophecy is against the cult of other deities, especially the prosperity idols of Baal and Astarte that had re-emerged in Jerusalem in a time of crisis. He's reminding people that the worship of these deities was actually a longing for status, for power, and for wealth. He's reminding them that these values were foreign to a people who are called to be dependent on God, who provides bread from heaven and sustenance. They represent the values of glorifying individualism that were so different from their traditional values of caring for their neighbors and centering their life on their ultimate surrender and dependence on God. Unfortunately, slowly but surely, the deities and idols of prosperity and of moral degradation began to infuse itself into the religion of the people. And it's amidst this prevailing influence that Zephaniah pleads for a return to simplicity rather than luxury. He invites the people of God to allow the basic ingredients for moral survival in order to bake bread rather than to eat a luxurious piece of cake. In returning to simplicity, Zephaniah offers us a vision of hope. There's hope for renewal, hope for gladness, hope for a time of rejoicing, hope for restoration. That's why today we lit the pink candle. In the midst of this winter darkness, in the midst of our awaiting again for, for God to come on this earth, we lit with great rejoicing the Gaudate candle as a symbol of God's hope for restoration. John the Baptist takes on the mantle of Zephaniah about 600 years later. He is stirring the bowl, reminding people to return to the basic and pure ingredients of faith. And those who come to John recognize that there is something amiss in their life. In front of them, they see that their land is occupied by foreign powers, people who worshipped power, beauty, and order rather than care for other people. Along with that, the people are experiencing complacency within the religious classes. Even their local governors, who were supposed to be representative of the people, have become instruments of the foreign oppressors. So they come to John wondering, deeply deliberating the implications of John's message to them. And what does John say? He reminds them of their old laws. Share with those who have none. Act justly. Don't fill your coffers by unjust means. 
Even the occupiers of the land, the Roman soldiers, were also intrigued by this radical message that they asked John, what should we do? And John replies to them. He simply says, don't extort people. Don't extort money. How about that? It's a call to return to the basic ingredients of life. In this technologically laden society that overwhelmingly focuses on status, culture, wealth, and beauty, it's no surprise that questions like the ones raised to David Brooks or me about the essential ingredients and meaning of life is asked. These questions were asked before, during the times of Zephaniah and John the Baptist. And let me remind you, the response of faith is this. Return to simplicity, return to bread, and lay off the cake. God's invitation to us in between God's incarnation in Jesus and our anxious waiting again for his second coming is for us to open ourselves to the possibility of returning to this simplicity. Questions that come from the essential dissatisfaction in life are step one in a prayerful cry to God for repentance. It is that recognition that this is not the way we should live that sets the tone for repentance and renewal. Beloved, the metrics of the world around success have blinded us, so much so that we fall prey to what others say or the social pressures of the moment. Let me remind you, there is a grander vision for our life than the world's perception about us or our self-perception that is shaped by media, by how we take in and consume the world's influence. Salvation and the stirring of the heart is deliverance that occurs only through the redemption offered by the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So today, I invite you to watch the ingredients that you put into the bowl of your lives. Remembering to feed on the bread of life, Jesus, rather than the tempting, luxurious cakes of this world. Stir in the ingredients carefully and allow yourselves to rise with Christ, for God sees you for who you are, a child of God's own making, a child of God's own redeeming. The world may not think that you are enough. The world may think that you are worthless. But let me tell you this. To God and to this community, you are precious. You and this world are worth saving. So I invite you to come before the table of grace where we experience the redemption of God made manifest in the sacrament of his body. For we have no help in ourselves and no other refuge but the bread of life. Rejoice, rejoice, for the Lord is near. And allow the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, to guard your hearts and minds, focusing on the one who died and who resurrected.
for each and every one of us. Amen.